0: You're listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. to daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Tuesday, the 27th of February, 2024. On Market Day, we will speak with Matt Sherwood from Perpetual about the day's market action, including that of... Op- Coles, which today posted a $589 million half-year profit, which was down 8%, but shares did surge today as supermarket revenue climbed almost 5% as food inflation stayed at around 3% and a half. Its CEO, Leah Weckert, spoke to the media and was asked about her views of competition in the sector given accusations of price gouging ahead of a sector inquiry. Here's some of what she had to say.
1: The first... I'd say is that profits are an essential thing for any business. Uh, They enable us to continue to operate and for us that means we get to employ 120,000 people. We get to support thousands of suppliers. We pay a very large tax bill every year. We're in the top 100 of taxpayers in Australia. Uh, And we pay dividends out to, we've got about 440,000 direct shareholders 80% of them own less than 2,000 shares so they are mums and dads and families and retirees uh, that are benefiting from those dividend payments and of course we have whole shares uh, in many, many superannuation funds so there are millions of Australians that are also indirectly benefiting from those those dividends. In terms of our profit we make around $2.60 for every $100.00. Uh, A customer spend so less than three cents on the dollar and that margin has now been stable for at least the last five years and it has not gone up as we have seen inflation come through and food inflation has been faced everywhere in the world. It is a global issue, it is not unique to Australia Uh, and you'll see in our presentation today actually we highlight the fact that food inflation in Australia has been uh, lower, quite significantly lower over the last few years um, compared to many other developed economies like UK, the European area, US, New Zealand, uh, etc. And that food inflation that we have seen come through, it's, it is driven by um, higher input prices. That's higher cost of fertiliser, it's higher raw material costs like wheat, which really spiked when the Ukraine war started, it's high shipping, packaging and labour costs. Um, and that and that is what has flowed through and led to the inflation and higher prices going to, to customers. But, um, you know, the competition between Australian retailers I would describe as, as fierce and I think that that is one of the things that plays into the fact that our inflation levels here over the last few years have been lower than other economies. And when you look around the world at... competitive dynamics. Um, I mean one of the things that I actually think is wonderful in Australia is we have a very vibrant um, food retail market. If you go to a a shopping centre you can usually have the choice of uh, two to three different supermarkets. You can uh, usually choose from a number of independents, the bakeries, the fresh produce, um, providers, um, butchers, many of the butchers, you know, there'll be ones that specialise in chicken and others that specialise in fish and others that specialise in meat. There is a huge variety uh, in terms of what the customer has to choose from. And before the customer even leaves home, they can hop online uh, and order from Amazon. I actually got home last night and my husband had ordered two things on Amazon, luckily not food items, but he did say to me, I'm getting pretty good at spending money on Amazon. And I think, you know, we, we underestimate by the time you add in all of the supermarkets, including two very significant global players in Audi and Costco, Amazon, all of the independents, and then a wide range of retailers like Chemist Warehouse and Priceline and Bunnings that are playing in categories that we also have in the store. That is significant choice for the customer.
0: That's Leah out there, the CEO of Coles, speaking at a media briefing today. Now, market day on the SBS On The Money podcast. Now, Coles shares did respond well, up 5.5% today, leading the Australian share market, which did finish higher, but only just the S&P ASX 200, up 0.1% percent to 7,663. For more on the day's market action, including Coles numbers, I spoke with Matt Sherwood, the head of investment strategy at Perpetual. Matt, can we start with Coles? Shares have really taken off today following its results. Why? And what does the whole result say about where the consumer is at the moment?
2: Well, the market certainly uh, liked the result. I'm I'm not sure it says anything too much about the consumer per se. The Australian consumer is under quite a bit of income stress at the moment, given you know when you combine what wages are doing, how much tax you pay, how much interest you pay, and what inflation's doing. Um, household income growths about minus three minus four percent, and that's about a 30 year low. So, I think what this really um, indicates is that um, Staple retailers have got a very good track record in doing well during periods of inflation. Um, And that's for two reasons. Um, Well, first of all, they're able to pass the cost increases on, unlike a discretionary retailer who may put his prices up and then um, the consumer will say, oh, well, I'll get that in six months' time. Of course, it's very hard to do that with essentials like food. And the other reason why... Coles has done particularly well, I would argue this time, is that they are exposed to the least risky part of Australia's GDP growth profile. And that is population growth. So on a revenue front, they've got, they're exposed to the huge surge we're having in population. In terms of margins, they can pass their costs on. So, you know, they're very well positioned to do well um, during these periods of inflation. The challenge is going to come, of course, uh, when inflation returns to, um, you know, to two or three percent.
0: I guess Coles is one of the last companies to report. Woodside um, also reported fully results today. Given that we are at the very end of profit reporting season, how would you rate what we've
2: seen? Um, I think it's been a pretty good season relative to expectations, but that doesn't, that's not because corporates are making um, a lot of profit growth. It's just the earnings expectation hurdle from the market had been lowered so much, it was sitting about two feet under the ground. So it was very easy to get over that very low earnings hurdle. Um, I think the other thing is that of the results, they've all been driven by cost out. So there's not a lot of revenue growth to go around, um, and that really um, is indicative of what's happening with the Australian economy. With you know, household budgets under stress, and capex are actually pretty weak. Um, and of and of course, uh, I think the guidance for companies were fairly subdued. Um, a lot, the majority of firms which issue guidance cut their. Um, cut their expectations Um, but a lot of them talked about costs out and their ability to manage their costs and that's going to be incredibly important uh, because there's not a lot of revenue growth to go around so you know in Australian equities particularly I think it is going to be a stock pickers environment uh, because a lot of firms are going to struggle uh, under the macro dynamics of the Australian economy.
0: For well, for now though the 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 earnings results have they supported the Australian share market? I mean, where we're floating with those record highs. Um, yeah. I, I mention, I, I note you also said that you know it's one of the reasons about that is because there's a lot of hype around AI. You were quoted as saying the market is priced for perfection. What do you mean by that? Well, what are the risks?
2: Uh, Well, the price of perfection comment was about the US market, because uh, at the moment, valuations relative to the past 22 years, uh, sorry, 20 years are sitting at 92nd percentile. So the market is very richly priced. And at the same time, the expected earnings are about two and a half times the historic average of 7%. So in uh, 12 months time, the markets expect US earnings to increase 18%. And you normally get one good year in a cycle um, where you get uh, earnings growth around 10% above nominal GDP. Now, um, that that year normally is the second or third one post a downturn. Um, and, of course, we had that just a couple of years ago. Um, so the market in the US particularly is is just egregiously priced, and it's almost impossible to see how they can beat expectations. And, and this is not just a tech story either. Um, the remaining 493 stocks in the S&P 500 um, are trading at their highest multiple for 20 years as well, but the difference is that these uh, group of companies have delivered zero earnings growth outside of tax cuts since 2016. When you uh, look at Australia, you know our va- our valuation is very elevated, also because of consult- compulsory superannuation, as it always is. But our earnings expectations this low uh, this year are, are pretty low. Um, so I still think you need to be uh, careful what companies you buy. There's a lot of good companies out there which uh, have got really good outlooks for the next two and three years. Now, a lot of good news has already been factored in, uh, so it might just be the case that the market tends to go sideways, uh, but when the market goes sideways, half the companies do well and the other half underperform, so it's a matter of identifying those stocks which are going to do well. So be looking for balance sheets and good operating models, and that should, uh, you know, they should do just fine in this environment.
0: And can we finish up by talking interest rates? I think the Reserve Bank will now meet in the middle of March. So it's the first time they'll be meeting, you know, off that regular um, first Tuesday of of, every month. Um, What's the market? What are you thinking is the future for interest rates, especially given that many people and I guess parts of the market are already pricing in rate cuts later this year?
2: Well, I'd be surprised if there are rate cuts later this year. Yes, the Australian economy is subdued at the time, but you know we have to remember that uh, Australia's inflation rate is is pretty elevated still. You know, particularly compared with our G20 economic peers. And at the same time, whilst there's pressure on household budgets um, and um, you know GDP growth has moderated, we have to keep keep in mind the labour market's still pretty tight at the moment and everyone's getting tax cuts on the uh, 1st of July. So there's already significant support f- flowing through. So I'd be surprised if the RBA decides to cut rates this year for not only those reasons, but also our cash rate's much lower than the US's is, for example. theirs is sitting at 5.5%, and Australia is about 43 So we've uh, increased interest rates less Inflation's a bit more resilient here. Uh, Wages growth is still trending upwards, where in America it's trending downwards. Um, So um, that combined with the tax cuts tells me it'd be surprising if the RBA um, cut rates this year. But if they did... It would signal the fact that the economic outlook had deteriorated uh, below what they had guided um, in um, in their last um, statement of monetary policy. Um, so to me, it's rates on hold, but you know the balance are cuts will be brought forward uh, because the economy is a bit weaker than expected.
0: Matt, show sure were there from perpetual.